Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year. It is 2023. This is my second episode of the year. Hopefully, you checked out the last one I just put out. Um, we are going to go over some data today and help you make your New Year's resolution stick. Let's go. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? I am. <laughs> all right. <laughs> everybody this is in liberty and health um welcome back new year new you new me probably not <laughs> uh welcome everybody back um hopefully everybody is having a good new year so far i'm recording this on new year's day um hopefully everybody's recovering well if you decide to go out and drink i just had a, a glass of scotch my wife and i had watched um a little bit of tv and then went to bed around like 8 to 8 30 i know we're, we're kind of lame but um so for returning listeners, as you guys know, I'm going to do my shilling real quick. Make sure you get all your supplements from tigerfitness.com right there and also get the world's best electrolytes from Element. All of those links will be below in the uh, show notes and whatnot. But um, the reason why I wanted to record this podcast specifically today is to hopefully help you um, in your weight loss goals. Um, I've done a bunch of these solo podcasts on protein, protein metabolism, weight loss tips, um, muscle development, uh, different like workout splits and all sorts of other stuff that hopefully have been very, very helpful for you. And if you're new here, then um, feel free to go back through the archives and check out all the podcasts, um, specifically the ones where I um, talk to health professionals or just the solo casts that I've done in, um, you know, previously that would hopefully um, help you get towards new goals or maybe develop a workout program or whatever. And then obviously I'm always available through Twitter, Facebook, all the usual stuff. You can find me at K-Y-L-E-M-A-T-O-V-C-I-K um, pretty much everywhere where you can find people. I'm not on Instagram, although um, I feel like maybe I should be, but uh, that's neither here nor there. So um, anyways, new year, new you, and what you can do to perhaps develop a new you um part of developing a new you is literally developing a new identity so um i'm no longer the same person that i was uh two years ago even maybe three years ago 
um, four years ago, five years ago, when I first met my wife, I was 250 pounds. I've elaborated on on this podcast and other podcasts. I was much, much heavier. Um, I didn't look anything like I look right now. But um, part of that was literally developing a new identity that I no longer wanted to be a 250 pound person. I wanted to be more healthy, that I wanted to be a more robust and athletic individual through losing weight, through diet, through exercise, through discipline, all those things. I had to develop a new person. Um, I was still Kyle Matovic back then, but I'm a different Kyle Matovic now. And um, that was a very necessary thing for me to develop let's get a new person to develop new habits and new discipline to make me into a better individual. So, um, you know, everybody gets all hyped up about the new year and they want to do all this stuff and they want to commit themselves to workout program and stuff like that. And I'm all for that. But um, the problem is that that sexy motivation of the new year, new you can wear off pretty quick. So what can we do to help fortify you and fortify the people listening to this and the people you may share this with so that way they can continue down that path beyond January 7th? to february to 2024 even or you know if you're listening this year later 2025 or whatever um how can we sustain those lifestyles and different um behaviors so that way you can maintain your new identity and your new self um to hopefully live a life full of liberty and health as this podcast is mostly surrounded and the topics that we talk about um are based on um, we're going to go over some studies, some meta-analysis, and we're going to go through some different stuff that can hopefully help you incorporate this into your lifestyle. So hopefully you can transform yourself into a better person. So um, I don't have any, um, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a mechanic who hosts a podcast and talks to all sorts of professionals in their fields about how to improve your life and also talk to people in the libertarian sphere about political change or, you know, just topics of the day. Um, I am a certified personal trainer, but I do help people with diets and programs and stuff like that to hopefully, um, you know, just make their lives better. So um, without further ado, we're going to do a little share screen here, as I always do. And we are going to kind of review some of this stuff that I got going on here, and we'll keep it pretty basic. So let's go here. Um, what is a diet? Um, a diet is defined as um, the kind of foods that a person, animal, or community habitually eats. Um, you can see selection of food, food and drink, food, provisions, whatever. Um, the second definition they give is a special course of food to which one restricts oneself either to lose weight or for medical reasons. Um, I just want to kind of give a little bit more of a cohesive idea to that. So um, a diet should almost be a lifestyle. Um, I hear people talk about this a lot, that if you can't see yourself doing this diet for the rest of your life, <clears throat> then why would you do it for a day, a week or whatever? Um, everybody's, go you know, it's World Carnivore Month, right? Um, not that I necessarily have anything against the carnivore diet, but you don't need to be that extreme to see results. Um, the sexy thing about a carnivore diet or a ketogenic diet, which I've elaborated on different podcasts, I believe it was episode 105 where I did low-carb cure-all, um, <clears throat> the weight comes off very, very fast, right? Initially, it's still calories in, calories out, but um, the weight you lose with a carnivore diet or a low-carb diet 
it comes off very fast because you lose all your glycogen stores. So you lose a lot of water weight, which is going to make it look like you're just seeing these rapid results really fast. And look, that shit is very, very, very addicting <laughs> because, um, you know, the dopamine of you transforming so fast is going to be awesome. You know, hey, look, I lost 10 pounds in a week. Holy crap. So that encourages you to keep doing that. But um, if you listen to my podcast with Alan Flanagan just um, a couple weeks ago, we elaborate on some of the risks that that may entail. And that's not to say that everybody who goes on a carnivore diet is going to see skyrocketing LDL cholesterol and you're going to have a heart attack in the next week. But um, just some different considerations to have when you're kind of thinking about the diet that you want to go on. So that being said, um, your diet should be something that you can sustain. Um, as I kind of elaborated on throughout this podcast so far, sustainability is a very, very important thing because um, anybody can do a diet for a day. Anybody can do a diet for a few hours. But in order to make a long lasting and consistent change, then you need to be able to apply this consistently. You need something that you can adhere to. And as we're going to see throughout this podcast, um, the really, really cool thing is that you can pick the diet that you like, the um, wh whatever you want to do in the nutrition world, you can pretty much do and see results with. Now, does that mean that you could do a Twinkie diet and <laughs> eat Corian Doritos and drink protein shakes to hit your macros? Technically, yes. But would I ever recommend that? No, <laughs> you wouldn't feel very good and you would probably be really hungry. And honestly, you would probably get sick of eating all that stuff um, after like the first couple of days. Yeah, it's going to taste good. But, um, you know, Twinkies and Doritos and cake and ice cream, they're not very satiating foods. They're not very filling. So that being said, um, you want to opt in for a little bit more whole foods or foods that you really enjoy that actually bring you a little bit more satiety. So that way you don't get those same feelings as you do after you eat a whole bag of chips because a bag of chips is just, you know, a little piece of potato fried in oil with some seasonings and it tastes really good. But once again, you're not going to be very satiated. So um, kind of continuing on here, we'll go back to the share screen. Da, 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 da. So we went over what is a diet. So let's go to this first meta-analysis where we're going to talk about the comparison of diet macronutrient patterns of 14 popular named dietary programs. Um, basically where it's going to go over like what these diets were able to do for people over the course of time. So um, the correction, um, just people are going to freak out when they see this. And for people um, listening, not um watch the video here on YouTube, which the majority of you, um, the correction really isn't like that major. They just say they made like small statistical errors, I think when it came to the Mediterranean diet, but they were still like 95% accurate. So it's a relatively minor correction, but, um, you know, I'll link this stuff in the show notes below. So that way, if you're really concerned about it, or if you think I'm bullcrap new, then you can go check it for yourself. So, um, in the abstract, um, the objective was to determine the relative effectiveness of dietary macronutrient patterns and popular named diet programs for weight loss and cardiovascular risk factor improvement among adults who are overweight or obese. Um, the design was a systematic review and network meta-analysis of randomized trials. Um, they give you the sources right there. So the study selection and the study selection is basically just the criteria to fit into this meta-analysis because the meta-analysis is a study of studies. So they group together a bunch of studies that have similar parameters to kind of hone in on a greater point that all these studies seem to make. 
So obviously you can't really take all this stuff to the bank, but when it comes to meta-analysis, that's kind of like the height of um, overall evidence and data, as in that's going to be your gold standard, if you will, as in it's going to kind of give the clearest picture of what um, the aggregate of data says. So the study selection randomized trials that enrolled adults who are older than 18 years old and who are overweight and they have a body mass index of, of 25 to 29, which I'm actually in, I want to say my BMI is around like 27. I'm about um, like around six foot tall right now, um, like 197-ish pounds. But um, yeah, so they enrolled people who were um, in the body mass index of basically 25 to 30 um, to a popular diet, name diet, or an alternative diet. The outcomes were changes in body weight, low density lipoprotein, that's your LDL cholesterol, high density lipoprotein, HDL cholesterol, systolic blood pressure, diastolic blood pressure, and C-reactive protein at the six month and 12 month follow-up. Your C-reactive protein for those who don't know, that is just a measure of overall cardiovascular um, event risk. Um, you can get that done whenever you go get your blood checked, and that will kind of give you like a loose idea of what your risk is for um, a cardiovascular event. Generally, you're going to want to see it under, I think it's like 0.5, if I remember correctly. It's been um, a couple of years since I had my blood checked. But um... What's up, everybody? Um, we're going to take a quick break and tell you about the show's sponsors. Um, we are brought to you by Element T Electrolytes. I've been using this stuff for years, and what I've honestly found is that if I didn't have electrolytes before some kind of cardio, and sometimes even before workouts, that my workout performance, or definitely cardio performance, would suffer greatly. Um, Sodium is responsible for every single movement pretty much in your entire body. And let's say you drink a lot of caffeine, like I like to do, then um, maybe it is a good idea, like I do every single morning, um, put some LMNT chocolate electrolytes um, there in your coffee to get a little bit more sodium, potassium, and uh, magnesium in your coffee so that way whatever diuretic effect you get from the caffeine is pretty much diluted by the fact that you put chocolate salt in it. Um, also, it tastes really, really good. Get some uh, chocolate creamer, hazelnut creamer, even coconut. Uh, mix that all up it tastes really really good so uh yeah make sure you drop by go to drinklmnt.com slash in liberty and health and uh pick you up some electrolytes today all right guys thanks anyways um the review methods were two reviewers independently extracted data on study participants interventions and outcomes and assess risk of bias certainty of evidence using the grading recommendations assessment development and evaluation approach bayesian framework informed a series of random effects on network amount analyses to estimate the relative effectiveness of the diet so what were the results we're going to go over the results now 121 eligible trials with 21,942 participants or patients were included and reported on 14 named diets and three control diets. Compared with the usual diet, low carb and low fat diets had a similar effect at six months on weight loss and reduction in systolic blood pressure and diastolic blood pressure. Sorry, I'm not going to read the exact um, like measurements for that. Like I said, I'll, this stuff will be in the show notes below if you guys want to read through that. Um, I'm just going to kind of read these studies just to help kind of to give you the information. So moderate macronutrient diets resulted in slightly less weight loss and blood pressure reductions. Low carb diets had less effect than low fat diets on moderate macronutrient diets on reduction in LDL cholesterol. 
um, but an increase in HDL cholesterol, whereas low fat and moderate macronutrient um, did not. So um, the reason why they may not have seen a overall reduction in LDL cholesterol on a low carb diet is because um, on a low carb diet, typically your fat content is going to be a little bit higher than it would be on a low fat diet, obviously. So um, low carbohydrate diets typically tend to focus on eating perhaps some foods that may contain more saturated fat, which um, in some individuals tend to increase your LDL cholesterol. So um, that may explain a little bit of the difference in the LDL cholesterol. Um, once again, check with your doctor, just to see what they say and kind of assess your overall risk and obviously what you're most comfortable with when it comes to your diet and what your blood markers say. Um, among popular named diets, those with the largest effect on weight reduction and blood pressure in comparison with the usual diet were Atkins, um, and zone at six months, all moderate certainty. No diet significantly improved levels of HDL cholesterol or C-reactive protein at six months. Overall weight loss diminished at 12 months among all macronutrient patterns and popular named diets. While the benefits for cardiovascular factors of all interventions except the Mediterranean diet essentially disappeared. So basically what that last couple of uh, sentences are saying that all diets at 12 months basically had no difference. So um, as I was saying earlier, what's really nice about this is that means you get to choose which diet you want to do and which one you can be the most compliant with um, to achieve your overall health goals. Um, the conclusions are moderate certainty evidence shows that most macronutrient diets over six months result in modest weight loss and substantial improvements, cardiovascular risk factors, particularly blood pressure. Um, at 12 months, the effect on weight reduction and improvements in cardiovascular risks, risk factors largely disappear. Um, once again, that's just basically what I just said. Um, at 12 months, all diets are basically fair the same and they'll improve your blood markers and your overall health the same. So um, you're going to have to pra practice some form of restriction when it comes to dieting, weight, and attempting to improve your health um, if you are overweight. Um, but you just get to choose which diet that you want to follow. So um, continuing on here, I'm a comparison of weight loss among named diet programs and overweight and obese adults. Um, similar deal. Um, let me see. They had a three month follow up or longer. Um, import. Um, let me see. Just to kind of give you the takeaways. Um, data extraction synthesis to reviews independently extracted data on populations, interventions, outcomes, risk of bias, quality of evidence. Um, Bayesian framework was used to perform a series of random effects and network analysis and meta regression to estimate the relative effectiveness of diet class and programs, change of weight loss, um, body mass index from baseline, our analyses adjusted for behavioral support and exercise. So here they just did 59 studies. Um, so 59 eligible articles reporting 48 unique randomized trials, including 7,286 individuals and compared with no diet. The largest weight loss was associated with low-carb diets and a six-month follow-up and 12-month follow-up and low-fat diets at six-month follow-up and individual diet, or uh, sorry, I lost my place here. Um, among 59 eligible articles reporting 48 unique randomized trials, including 7,286 individuals and compared with no diet, the largest weight loss was associated with low-carb diets um, at six-month follow-up and um, at 12-month follow-up, low-fat diets um, 
weight loss differences between individual diets were minimal. So kind of the takeaway from the first couple sentences are, is that low carbs seem to lose more weight, but this could be explained by um, what's called the doubly labeled water effect, which basically um, low carb diets tend to perform, they'll show greater um, energy out because um, you're, the way that the keto diet basically works is that you're going to be exhaling more um, CO2 just for a brief period of time. And the um, overall weight loss can be a little bit greater initially because of the loss of body water. So that could explain a little bit of that. But um, weight loss differences between individual diets were minimal. For example, Atkins diet resulted in a 1.71 greater kg greater weight loss than the zone diet at six-month follow-up but between six and 12 months. The influence of behavioral support at six-month follow-up um, and exercise respectively on weight loss differed. Um, the conclusions were significant weight loss observed with any low carb or low fat diet weight loss differences between individual named diets were small. This supports the practice of recommending any diet that a patient will adhere to in order to lose weight. Um, stop the share real quick, just to kind of talk about that a little bit more. Um, as I've said all throughout this podcast, it's going to largely be what you can um, adhere to. So for me personally, um, my protein intake is around 185 grams of protein per day because the best recommendation for um, building muscle and maintaining muscle when trying to lose weight is to be in that sweet spot range of like 0.8 grams per or 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight all the way up to like 1.2 grams of protein per pound of body weight. So um, earlier in the year, I was around, or earlier in 2022, it's 2023 now, Jesus. Um, I was around like 185 pounds and that's kind of like my lower end of body weight that I like to be at. And then obviously after my honeymoon, um, my wife and I had just enjoyed, I wasn't really concerned about weight. I gained a little bit of weight. So, um, I am still at about that one or about that 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. So, um, the ideal recommendation once again, is just one gram per pound of body weight. That's going to get you in your range for, you know, losing weight, g gaining weight, or just maintenance. Um, the, that range of 0.8 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight of protein is going to be ideal. So, um, and then from there you can design the diet, how you like, if you like eating fattier foods, maybe you like cooking with oil, you like fattier meats, you like fattier fish, you like nuts, then maybe it's a better idea to go with a little bit more of a lower carbohydrate and a higher fat diet. For me, I like to get about 60% of my calories per day from fat and then the rest comes from carbohydrate after, you know, getting my 185 grams of protein per, um, 185 grams of protein. Um, sometimes that, that differs where maybe I'll be like 185 grams of protein, or maybe even like 195 grams of protein with 50% of the remaining calories coming from carbs and 50% of the calories coming from fat, sometimes maybe even a little bit higher. Um, if you're a person who likes, you know, lots of fruits and vegetables and sweets, then maybe you want to opt to lower your fats and bring up your carbohydrate content of your diet. Um, that's going to be, once again, completely up to you and what you can adhere to better. So the other reason why I like to recommend protein and increasing protein in a diet is because there's been rigorous research done and plenty of um, different trials done that show that protein tends to be the most satiating macronutrient. Now, you don't just sit there and eat shrimp or protein powder by itself, 
but the macronutrients that tend to have more protein tend to be more satiating. So um, we're going to review a little bit of uh, science on that as well. So let's get back over here. Um, so this meta-analysis sought to um, answer the question, um, are dietary proteins a key to successful body weight management? Um, this was really, really interesting study. Um, a systematic review and meta-analysis of studies assessing body weight and outcomes after interventions with increased dietary protein. The abstract, we're going to read this. The primary aim was to systematically review the current evidence investigating if dietary interventions rich in protein lead to improved body weight management in adults with excessive body weight. The secondary aim was to investigate potential modifying effects on of phenotyping, a systematic literature search in PubMed, Web of Science, and Cochrane. Library identified 375 randomized control trials with 43 unique trials meeting the inclusion criteria. The Cochrane collaboration tool was used for a thorough risk of bias assessment based on 37 studies evaluating effects of dietary protein on body weight. The participants with increased protein intake ranging from 18 to 59 energy percentage um, were found to reduce body weight by 1.6. Um, kilograms, meaning 95, and there was a 95% uh, confidence interval, sorry, compared to controls, um, isocaloric interventions with energy reduction introduced in certain studies. Individuals with prediabetes were found to benefit more from a diet high in protein compared to individuals with normoglycemia, as in individuals without obesity risk allele, um, compared to individuals with obesity risk alleles. Um, thus, diets rich in protein would seem to have a moderate beneficial effect on body weight management. Um, something that might explain a little bit of this as well is that uh, protein has what's called the thermic effect of food. So 100 calories of protein, your body will use um, generally anywhere from like 20 to 30% of those calories to um, consume that protein. So if you eat 100 calories, then you're going to get about only 70 of those calories net. So um a conflict of interest statement. We'll breeze past that. But um, no, they don't have the summary here. But basically what they had found with this study was that um, the that eating more protein actually does tend to complement greater um, weight loss. So um, here we're going to continue on to another study from the Nutrition Journal. Um, effects of high protein versus high fat snacks on appetite control, satiety, and eating initiation in healthy women. This is kind of an interesting study, and I like the design of it because they gave them different snacks that contained different macronutrients and found that um, protein was more um, satiating. So um, continuing on here, background, the purpose of this study was to determine whether a high protein afternoon yogurt snack improves appetite control, satiety, and reduces subsequent food intake compared to other commonly consumed energy-dense high-fat snacks. So the findings were 20 healthy women aged 27, and they kind of were within two years of each other, um, completed the randomized crossover design study, which included three eight-hour testing days, comparing the following 160-calorie um, afternoon stacks, high-protein yogurt, and high-fat crackers, and high-fat chocolate. Participants were acclimated to each snack for three consecutive days. On day four, the participants consumed a standardized breakfast and lunch. Their respective snack was consumed three hours post-lunch. Perceived hunger and fullnesses were assessed throughout the afternoon until dinner was voluntarily requested. An ad libitum dinner was then provided. So ad libitum basically means you could eat as much as you like. Um, the consumption of the yogurt snack led to greater reductions in afternoon hunger versus the chocolate. No differences in afternoon fullness were detected. The yogurt snack also delayed eating initiation 
duration by approximately 30 minutes compared to the chocolate snack and approximately 20 minutes versus crackers. The yogurt snack led to approximately 100 fewer calories consumed at dinner versus the crackers and chocolate. No other differences were detected. So these data suggest that when compared to high fat snacks, eating less energy dense, high protein snacks like yogurt improve appetite control, satiety, and reduces subsequent food intake in healthy women. So, um, what um, I've been told by different researchers is that actually it's difficult to find studies in women. It's actually better that they're doing studies in women because um, men and women are obviously different, but um, the way that people eat is obviously going to be relatively similar, but um, a lot of studies are just typically done in men. So um, what's that takeaway there for you? The takeaway would be that maybe having a protein bar or something, maybe like some jerky, that may reduce your cravings and the overall amount that you may eat later on in the afternoon versus um, just eating, you know, reaching for the graham crackers or something like that with a piece of chocolate. Um, and that's not to say that you can't have that stuff, but um, if you're looking to control your weight or improve your health, then you're going to need something that's going to help keep you full. Now, obviously, people don't just eat because they're hungry. They eat because of social cues. Um you know, like when I sit down to dinner with my wife, then we may want to have a drink as in like an alcoholic beverage. Um, we may want to have ice cream afterwards. Um, this study, basically what you should take away from it is that if you eat a dinner that is perhaps higher in protein, then you may feel less compelled to eat something later. Now, that's not to say that you'll be hungry for longer but um, that study seems to suggest that if you have a higher protein snack, then um, you won't be as hungry. Or when you go to, let's say, the buffet to eat whatever you want, um, you may end up eating less if you have protein a little bit earlier. So um, put another nail on that coffin here. Um, I got one more study for you, and then we'll kind of close her out. Um, protein, weight management, and satiety. Um Reading from the abstract here, obesity with its comorbidities such as metabolic syndrome and cardiovascular diseases, excuse me, is a major public health concern. To address this problem, it is imperative to identify treatment interventions that are target a variety of short and long-term mechanisms. Although any dietary life or lifestyle change must be personalized, controlled energy intake in association with a moderately elevated protein intake may represent an effective and practical weight loss strategy. Potential beneficial outcomes associated with high protein ingestion include the following. Increased satiety, protein generally increases satiety to a greater extent than carbohydrate or fat and may facilitate a reduction in energy consumption under ad libitum dietary conditions and increased thermogenesis this is what I was saying earlier. Higher protein diets are associated with increased thermogenesis, which also influences satiety and augments energy expenditure. In the longer term, increased thermogenesis contributes to the relatively low energy efficiency of protein and three, the maintenance or accretion of fat-free mass in some individuals of moderately high pro higher protein may provide a stimulatory effect on muscle protein anabolism, favoring the retention of lean mass muscle or lean muscle mass while improving metabolic profile. Nevertheless, any potential benefits associated with moderately elevated protein intake must be evaluated in the light of um, customary dietary practices and individual variability. So um, I don't want to belabor this too much. There's a whole lot here. This will be in the um, show notes below. So we'll just skip down here to the conclusion. 
body weight management is a complex task involving the interplay of behavioral components with hormonal, genetic, and metabolic processes. Um, so to just kind of deviate from here for a second, weight loss is a behavioral thing. It still comes down to the food you consume versus the energy that you expend, but um, that is a behavior. You have to master the behaviors of improved diet and um, you know exercise or whatever you're going to do to help increase the energy out. I am stoked to tell you guys about the show's new sponsor. I am now working with MTS Nutrition, which is a brand that I've believed in for a very long time, and they run awesome cells and they have awesome products. So um, I want to tell you about their amazing protein powder, which you're going to ask me how many pounds I have of the protein powder, and the answer is all of them. So here I got red velvet cake, 25 grams of protein, and they have the amino acids and everything on there, 59 servings. Peanut butter fluff, uh, fluffernutter, 26 grams of protein, and then also the chocolate chip cookie, which literally has real pieces of chocolate chip cookie in there. So 27 grams of protein, 180. As I've talked about on the show, getting your protein in is very, very important. So make sure you hit that link below and purchase your protein powder through MTS Nutrition. Boom! Oh, apologies. Protein has a potential to play a key role in several aspects of body weight regulation. The mechanisms by which increased dietary protein regulate body weight are multifactorial. However, taken together, evidence suggests that moderate increase in dietary protein is in association with physical activity and an energy-controlled diet may improve the regulation of body weight by one, favoring retention or accretion of fat-free mass at the expense of fat mass at a similar physical activity level, two, reducing the energy efficiency with respect to body weight mass regained, and three, increased satiety. The author's responsibilities were as follows, um, contribute to the conception, and that stuff's really relevant to um what we're talking about here but um it's funny people will bring up the funding of a study in this section from the national dairy council so yeah you could say there's a conflict of interest but you know whatever um so i'll stop the share here and I'll give you a little bit more of uh, my closing thoughts um so basically what i want you to take away from this podcast you listening is that um, you should probably try to increase your protein intake and find a diet that works best for you. The other thing that I didn't really cover here is actually fiber is a very, very filling thing as well because it takes up room in your stomach. So, um, and not only that, there's plenty of health benefits associated with fiber that I didn't cover here. And I think if you listen to the podcast, I did with Alan Flanagan, we actually talk about fiber and the benefits from that. So go ahead, go back and listen to that. But, um, if you're going to start this new year, new you, then let's figure out a diet that works best for you. Um, don't be afraid of cheap meals because you're one meal off the plan, one meal back on. It's very easy to get discouraged and feel like you lost your way, but um, that doesn't mean that you're not worthy of striving and trying to perfect your health by whatever way you see fit. That's very, very important for you, and you're not a failure if you fail your diet either. So let's find a diet that works for you. Um, let's try to increase protein intake. Let's try to increase fiber intake. And honestly, um, just try to get into the gym a couple of days a week. And, um, if you ever feel down or if you're upset, feel free to reach out to me and I'll do whatever I can personally to help you achieve your weight loss and, you know, overall body composition goals. Um, I am a certified personal trainer. I've never personally trained anybody other than my wife and some friends, but, um, you know, I'd be glad to help you out. And hopefully all the information that I've put out has given you the tools you need to become a better person and to improve your overall health. 
So uh, make sure you like, subscribe, and share. Make sure you check out the links below to get your supplements from MTS Nutrition, Tiger Fitness, and all the other um, places that's on tigerfitness.com. Make sure you get the world's best electrolytes from LMNT. Um, those links are below as well. Um, if you're going low carb, then you should definitely consider getting some element electrolytes because I know that that can make a big difference in your overall athletic performance and your overall um, mental well-being as well. So, um, you know, this was uh, hopefully a, you know, good resource for you. Hopefully you can share it around. Hopefully you find some useful applications for the information that I've given you. Um, feel free to check out the show notes below just to read up on the studies for yourself in case you think I'm pulling the wool over your eyes. And um, until next time, guys, take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.